so I guess being sick sucks, huh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Like, I, I could definitely take a miss on it. Yeah. So, welcome to Creature Crunch, the show where we take a movie, drive it halfway across the country, and then piss it off by hitting it with a car, and have it slam into the car repeatedly while it chases us down. My name is Matt. And I'm a dead, eviscerated wolf in the middle of the road. And, um... Couple disclosures here at the top of this. Um, yeah. We've got <laughs> this is an interesting one because uh, this is the second time we are recording this entire episode. Yeah, about what a month after the fact. Roughly, roughly, yeah. Uh, the episode. Uh, <laughs> this is the closest to deadline that we have come. Or this is the closest to the deadline we've that we have recorded. come to recording. Yeah, uh, because we recorded this episode. Uh, yeah, about a month, maybe even probably longer, probably than, longer that, than that. Six weeks ago. And my, uh... Mass recording software ate the recording. Yeah, some technical difficulties occurred. Weird situation, but there you go. And I lost the entirety of the audio file. So here we are recording it again. And unfortunately, uh, Chris is also suffering uh, some sort of ailment. Yeah, I got a pretty bad sinus infection going on, um, which is why I sound... Like worse than usual, and so, I don't usually sound that great. So yeah, so maybe maybe welcome to Creature Crunch, the show where we take a monster, shove it up Chris's sinuses, and it wrecks havoc. Yeah, but so yeah, this is the only uh, thing I know for sure is it's not the big C because I got tested for that. So uh, I guess uh, April Fools, everybody! This is the actual episode. Oh God, yeah, uh, that's right, huh? Yeah, because we, I mean, <laughs> we we actually were able to. We originally recorded this episode before knowing what we were doing for April Fools' right. Day, and now we're doing it after. So April Fools. We're actually recording the monster, ah, not yeah. monster monster. The joke was on me the entire time because <laughs> I totally forgot that's what was happening. <laughs> Which is, and, and honestly, if it if it hadn't been for the fact that this was so tied into our April Fool's joke and that episode recorded and yeah. okay and everything, I would have probably said let's just scrap this one entirely yeah. and just be like, sorry guys. Yeah, but, but no. it's so tied into this. It's like, well, we gotta. When we had that entire episode recorded, we can't just. Like, shove that. <laughs> I didn't want to, anyway, so... Yeah, it was um, a pretty good episode, I think. I but, uh, but bringing it back, April Fools, this is the actual episode. Uh, and yes, we are covering uh, 2016's The Monster. Yeah, um, this one hasn't won any Academy Awards, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, and it... No. We're gonna go ahead and hit that with a trigger warning. Uh, there is talks of child abuse. Uh, not drastically so, but uh, a little bit of child abuse. Both psychological and physical in this yeah, episode, yeah. and in the movie proper. So, right. um, it is so a pretty heavy movie to, to be aware of. Once again, we don't want anybody to have a bad time listening to this. So, if that's something that is going to make you uncomfortable or unhappy to hear about, like by all means, skip this episode. It's cool. Yep. Or if you just want to go like flash forward to the crunch, you can do that. But uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, so, this movie was written and directed by Brian Bertino, who's best known for the psychological horror film The Strangers. Yeah, yeah, which is, like, the home invasion genre is not one that I'm a super big fan of, but that's one of the better examples of it, as far as I know. It, it's one of the earlier ones. Um, right. maybe, it, I mean, probably not the first, no, or... because that's or, kind of been a, uh, thing. Right, but it's, like, it's really credited as the one that kind of... Started that whole situation. It, it kicked the like, craze. I, I think the original Funny Games came out first, but I may be wrong on that, and my brain is, like, so friggin' diseased right now, don't trust anything I say. It's all good. But I, I, I want to say that the original Funny Games came out first, um, but, like... And that was that kind of popularized the the home of home uh, invasion genre, 
but the, like the strangers definitely popularized it in this country. Sure. Um, is what so, I'm trying to say. Right, right. So <laughs> I got there eventually. So anyway, same director. Um, but uh, and Bertino is quoted as to having said uh, about this movie uh, about monster the monster is. Uh, I decided I was going to push myself to explore different kinds of fear, but finding my window in is always going to be the victims first. Even though monsters aren't real, it was fascinating for me to think, okay, I'm going to write a story in which I'm not necessarily here to tell you if the monsters are real or not. I'm just saying, what would happen if you broke down on the side of the road and there was a monster? What would you do? How terrifying would that be? And all of that quote just sounds like a whole lot of nothing to me. Yeah, like, what, what was he even trying to say with that? That's like word soup. <laughs> it, it is word soup, and it doesn't make a lot of sense when you start dissecting it, because he's like, I'm not here to tell you if monsters are real or not, but what would you happen if monsters were real? And then, like, the the main thing, like, the, the bookends of this movie are, monsters are real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even up for question. Monsters are definitely 100% super serial for real in this movie. Yeah, because it's it's one of those where you watch it and knowing, if you know even, like, the slightest theme about this movie, which, of course, is the, the fact that we have an abusive parent. Yeah, and or neglectful. Neglectful. She's abusive. She, she's but... more neglectful, but abusive yeah, is yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. there. But, um, and you think that, like, when, when she's talking, and the, you, you get, you're like, oh, you know, the monster is people. The monster right. is, is human humanity all along. But no, it, but the end of the movie is, no, monsters are real, and it, we just killed one. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, by the way, there will be spoilers in this movie for this. But yeah, uh, this I don't, is one we where didn't the spoilers that one. do kind of matter. So. They, I, I think it's... Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, probably more so than most of the other movies we cover. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so we start off with a quote of the on the movie. Uh, it kind of gives us an over text overlay of a quote. Uh, say they are hiding and watching. Just wait and see. Oh, there are monsters for you and me. And it's credited as a children's nursery rhyme from 1903 by an unknown author, which, as far as I can tell, was pretty much made up for this movie. I did as much research into this as I yeah. could and couldn't discover anything other than this movie. I mean, I would believe that it was a Victorian children's rhyme because those kids were fucked up, but... <laughs> and they all had black lungs, so I don't blame them. But... <laughs> well, see, those, those monsters were real, and those were not real yeah, monsters. Yeah. The, the monster, was... <laughs> as always, is capitalism. <laughs> Never, never mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the movie opens up with soft piano music and a voiceover from one of our protagonists, Lizzie, explaining that, again, monsters really exist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, at this point, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I guess this is going to be a metaphorical monsters. Right. And then, you know, you, you think the entire time this movie, oh, the monster's going to be some sort of figment of, or manifestation of the situation. And not... An actual not an monster. actual full for realsies monster. Yeah, but spoilers, it's a for realsies monster. Yeah, it. Yeah, which makes the director's quote like even more <laughs> baffling. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> I just think this guy wanted to make he wanted to tell a story about a God. I don't even know. See, that's the problem. Like in in even all of the the uh, reviews that I see of this movie, it's like most people are pretty kind of wishy washy on this movie because uh -huh. you either. Because you either get the audience that wants to watch a drama and uh -huh. then has to deal with the monster stuff, 
Or you have the audience who wants a monster movie and has to deal with the drama stuff. Right, right. And it's very rare that you're going to have an overlapping audience like with right, that. Right, I enjoy it myself. Like, I think that... It, it's, it's a good movie. Like, It strikes it's, the chord it, for me. It's, it's a good movie, but I'm not going to pretend it's not a difficult watch and... Like, it has a very narrow focus audience. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, A World So Full of Love by Roger Miller plays, and uh, we get to watch Lizzie going about and cleaning up after her mother, doing dishes, emptying ashtrays, stuff like that. Yeah. Being the responsible kid. I know how it feels to be alive. With no desire to live I know how it feels to die inside And try to forgive And my way of finding out Is cause of love just let me down In a world so full of love Yet not enough to go this kid, this girl was like preteen at, at earliest, 12, 13 or 13 or 14 at oldest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say around 12, but that's kind of just my go-to like number for any kid. It's like, okay, you're 12. <laughs> but I think it's applicable here. She's she's a tween, I, I'm pretty right, sure. Right, so she is really sense. young. Um, and she's played by Ella Bellantine, who is an absolutely amazing actress in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I've mentioned in the past, like, my problem with child actors, but, like, she just knocks it so completely out of the park. It's, she's really good. And and the honestly, the acting in this movie is just solid. It's very good. It yeah, is really a, good. It's a teeny tiny cast. You it's, have, like, you have, what? You have four named characters, one of them which appears for all of, like, two minutes... Yeah. And then you have two faceless or two nameless characters who show and up. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. So you have a total of, of five people? Yep. Yeah. I think that's five. That's how numbers work. It, it's a number that. There's six. <laughs> six Fuck. if you don't count the monster or the wolf. Uh, well, the wolf's. I guess it's alive for a little bit. But... <laughs> um, oh, man, how do numbers work? <laughs> but yeah, we have a, we have a brief moment where. You know, she goes to wake up her mother, Kathy, who's slept in. We, we are established that Kathy is not a very responsible parent. Yeah. Uh, in fact, her only concern upon waking up is where her boyfriend is, who uh, <laughs> who Lizzie retorts, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole, I think yeah. she says. Um, and then she falls back asleep and, you know, wakes up later on making them late because they're clearly trying to go somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and Kathy is played by Zoe Kazan, who has a surprisingly extensive film, TV, and theater list in her resume. Uh, the most notable thing that I saw that struck out to me was that she was in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, she also voices a character in CryptoZoo, which looks fascinating if you're not familiar I've with it. I've never heard of that. It's, a, uh, it's an animated movie about a zoo with cryptids. That sounds fucking awesome. And it's, it is, uh, it looks really good, actually. Like, okay. I watched the trailer, and it looks, Kathy is pretty, uh, is, it wakes up late, Lizzie's upset with her because, you know, they need to get going. Um, right. Lizzie has, uh, <laughs> is playing with, uh, um... The world's most annoying talking dog? No, not yet. Not yet? Oh. <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie is playing with Chekhov's lighter. Chekhov's lighter, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like I said, we're, we're just kind of rapidly introduced to the, the fact that this relationship ain't good. Yeah. 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 Um, later on we we cut to where Kathy and Lizzie are driving down a forested road in the late afternoon. 
Uh, and we learn that Kathy is taking Lizzie to her father's house, who lives mm. a number of hours away. Um, and Lizzie is idly playing with this annoying stuffed bear that begins singing. God, I hate that thing. <laughs> it's super, so much. It's super annoying. Um, just sings these nursery rhymes uh-huh. in a very annoying way. And if you're a parent, if, if, yep. you, if you've ever been a parent, you know. <laughs> or if you've just had little kids yeah. like, in your proximity, it's... It's one of those, and yep. it's just the worst. Yeah, I my, hate it. Yeah, and my first thought when I saw it was just like, I think Lizzie's a little too old for that. And then her mother calls her out on it, but she retorts back that Kathy's too old for a lot of things. You're too old for that. You're too old for a lot of things. You know, we they, they end up stopping a few times so Kathy can take smoke breaks. Um, mm-hmm. Lizzie is not does not want her mother to be smoking in the car. Kathy ends up giving Lizzie her grandmother's watch. Uh, I guess that uh, they both kind of have this. Un- unspoken understanding that this is going to be the last time Lizzie will not be returning to her mother after this. Right. Um, and then we get our first flashback, and this is like to me where the movie really like this is where it gut punches you with the theme, because like up until now it's like okay yeah this is a not a great relationship but this flashback is where it really is like is this the the play flashback? Yes, this okay. is the play flashback. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where I had to stop for a moment and put away laundry. <laughs> Stop from depressing myself. Yeah, because uh, we get get this cut back where Kathy is trying to take Lizzie to a school play, and Lizzie doesn't want her mother to go. Um, They uh, the exchange ends up in a screaming match that is frankly heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, it is. You know what? Honestly, Lizzie, I'm done. Okay, just get in the goddamn car. I don't want to. I don't care. I'm not gonna ask you again. Look, I know this is a big night for you. I don't care. Yes, you do. It's my play. Yes, and you are going to be late. Get in the goddamn car. Get your ass in there right now. I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. What did you say? I don't want you there. And one of the scenes where it's like I said, it makes talking about this movie in a, any sort of, like, humorous light actually kind of tricky. Yeah. And it, it's done very, like, it's hard to watch, but it's done very well. Like, oh, yeah. you... Like I said, the performances are universally great. Yeah, no, it's... Especially with our two leads. Exactly. They, they are phenomenal, and uh-huh. in a... It, it's a... The relationship feels very real in a very sad way. Yeah, yeah. And this could have easily just been a family drama movie about a mom taking her daughter to her father and she knows it's the last time that they're going to be together until like the daughter decides to go back right until forgiveness is eventually yeah yeah if ever yeah if ever and like it could have very easily just been that movie 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it's not is sometimes kind of strange. <laughs> right. Right. And that's where the that's why it's kind of divisive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when people tell me like I don't like this movie, like I get you. Yeah. I understand. I enjoy this movie. I I like this movie. I yeah. think it's a it's a good no, movie. No, it's myself, a good movie. But, but like I, <laughs> it's hard to recommend to people because there's so many caveats you got to put on there. Yeah. Eventually, night falls, and uh, it's revealed that. You know, they talk about it. They, apparently, it's going to take even like longer to get right. to Lizzie's dad's. Uh, Lizzie's calling him up on his cell phone, and he's he's insisting, like, you know, don't worry, I'll stay up. It's probably going to be like four in the morning when they roll yeah, in, but he'll yeah. stay up. And you never hear the dad's voice, right? No, you never hear him. You never see him. It's all just yeah. It's yeah. people's responses to what he says. Yep. Um, and they're driving along this paved road in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of this like. In the woods, they had to take a side road because there was construction on the main road. Something, or something like, like that. that, yeah, something we we hear later on. But the paved road they're driving on was completely built by the production crew and even including working street lamps. Yeah, which is weird because it's supposed to be in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, but it's like yeah, like I understand like the, the street lamps were probably designed to I, actually give light to the set. Yeah, it, it's very much like okay, this is a movie thing because. I, I can't speak for the South because I've never been down there driving. This is this takes place in Canada. It takes place in Canada. I could have sworn it took place in the South. Nope, this is Canada. It was filmed. It was filmed in Canada, and it takes, I, from what I understand, it's supposed to take place in Canada. Okay, so. I've never been up to Canada, <laughs> so I, I can't speak for their roads. But like, I know when we go along our little mountainy roads here, like there, if you take a side road, you are suddenly in the fucking forest, and, <laughs> and there's no street lights, and there's no street lights, there's no paving, and you're you're four wheeling it, and you're probably <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, it, that's, I, I I also question this is like. If this is such a backwoods road that right. nobody travels anymore, why do they have streetlights and why are they still working? Like, but whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those a non-zero chance that someone who lives close by there stole some like the wiring off of those. <laughs> but eventually, it, it starts to rain pretty heavily, and at this point, like Lizzie, or Kathy doesn't want to stop to get out in the smoke in in the rain, so she asks Lizzie if she can smoke in the car. Lizzie begrudgingly allows her to as long as she keeps the window cracked uh, and they check the new watch to ch see that it is now quarter past midnight so like i said it's, it's going to be a late night for yeah. kathy makes a spooky joke and lizzie does not like it complaining that yeah. kathy just doesn't listen to her ever it's 12 15 Kidding. It's not funny. You need to lighten up. I wish you listened more. She quit saying that. Yeah. And then they're suddenly cut off by something in the road. They they hit something or they are hit by something it's it's wild um something happens and they start spinning out uh, a tire blows from what we find out later and the the car loses control and they end up hitting like a bloody wolf who's standing in the middle of the road mm -hmm. um which is it's hard to tell what happens here i it's think it's very like kinetic filming yeah and 
I think the idea is supposed to be that the monster at this point attacked the car. Right. But, like, all synopses, all reviews, everything that you find online says that they hit the wolf and that is what caused the wreck. Like, Which is not no. If you I watch you watch the scene and it's not what happens because the wolf yeah. is the last thing that happens in this car wreck. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, but it, it it wrecks the car. It's messed up. Um, Kathy hits her head pretty badly and jacks up her wrist. Uh-huh. Uh, Lizzie's for the most part okay. And like I I become con- more and more convinced that Kathy had a concussion when she got hit. Yeah, I I think. And there's a lot to be said there. I think that uh, it, it definitely um, kind of colors the rest of her motivations and right. actions through the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's one of those I kind of wish they'd leaned more into that idea. Yeah, something. But... I know that in uh, in our original recording, you were talking about how afraid you were that the monster was going to be, like, their imagination or right. something. Yeah, yeah. And I almost think that it would have been better if they had maybe not gone that way, but leaned that direction. I don't know because like that, I'm so tired of that trope just in general. Well, but... I mean, see, see, hear me out. Like, they don't like at the end of the movie. It's like straight up like monsters are real. Right, right. I I think it should have been one of those where it was left up to the audience's interpretation. Was the monster real, mm-hmm. or was it something else? But regardless, monster <laughs> just a shave bear. Regardless, monsters is real in this movie. Yeah, yeah, like that. But uh, Lizzie calls herself uses the, Lizzie uses her cell phone to call nine one one and a an ambulance and a tow truck get dispatched. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls patch themselves up with band aids and you know uh, Lizzie tears up her coat to to kind of give a splint or something yeah. for for Kathy and and they they kind of sit down or they sit tight for a little while. Um, but eventually the rain kind of subsides and. Kathy gets curious enough that she gets out of the car to check the damage and see what, you know, see the wolf that they hit. Because they can see the wolf's body laying in the car, or like uh-huh. in the street in front of the car. It's it's a good distance away, but you can still see it. Um, she can't get her side open. She can't get her door open, so she has to persuade Lizzie to get out. Um, and then the two girls get out and check it out. We see a bunch of blood on the front of the car. Uh-huh. And this is where, like, Kathy mentions that the tire was blown, and yeah. it like the side of the car is jacked it's up, really fucked up. Yeah, it's a nasty wreck. And you know, th- at this point, like Kathy has Lizzie call her father to explain what's going on. And again, you, you like you said, we don't hear the father's voice. No, but we get Lizzie's responses, and it pretty much indicates that her father is asking her, like, "Oh, you were in an accident." Was your mom drinking? Right. You know, like, that's his first question, pretty much. Dad, we got into an accident. No, I'm okay. Yeah, so is mom. Um, no, dad, she wasn't. Um, and we then get our second flashback to establish that Kathy, Kathy is, in a, uh, is an actual alcoholic. Um... Mm-hmm. She like we see this flashback of her being sober for only two days before giving in, and then passing out in front of the toilet. Um, Lizzie comes and finds her mother passed out on the bathroom floor, and then cuddles up with her in another heart wrenching scene. Yeah, yeah, it's real hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But um, back in the present, the two girls examine this wolf and question whether it's dead or not. Lizzie is very concerned about this wolf being alive still. 
and Kathy finds a massive tooth lodged in its side, and yeah. Lizzie eventually gets scared enough to head back to the car. It looks like they could have used a prop from a, like a bear tooth imprint or something like that, because it is a big old honking tooth. Yeah, it's it's a bear tooth size for yeah. sure. It's huge. Um, and <laughs> the wolf is evidently credited as being played by some dude named Miko. Okay. Whose who's IMDB picture is a heavily oversaturated picture of some dude with face tattoos holding a beer. Okay, sure. It's, <laughs> like, <laughs> when I saw this on IMDB, I was like, Miko, oh, it must have been the actual dog's name. Because it right. is a real dog, at least in, like, half a second of the scene. Right. Until they switch it out for the fake. <laughs> but no, it's some dude, so I, I'm not sure, sure what he did. Out. Maybe he provided a sound of orders. <laughs> He was the one who jiggled it along on a string for a while. I don't... Oh, I see. <laughs> Actor, Queen of Glory. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's Miko. That's uh, that's our wolf. Is an actor and producer known for Queen of Glory, The Monster, and Night Rapper. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, good for him, I guess. So that's our wolf. Yeah, credited as the wolf. In... <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> the, the rain starts pouring again, and they're sitting in the car... And Kathy kind of ex- explains to her daughter that the wolf had to have been fighting something because uh-huh. it was pretty bloody and, well, this big-ass tooth didn't come from nowhere. Yeah, it was already injured by the time the accident happened. Yeah, but she, neither girl is sure of, like, what the hell happened, like, what it was that fought this thing. And mm-hmm. as they're sitting there talking and kind of patching each other up still more, uh, Lizzie suddenly notices that the wolf's body is gone. It's no longer in the road. Before they can investigate the tow truck, shows up and the driver named Jesse tells them that the ambulance is on the way but will be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up taking their belongings and putting them into his truck uh, but Kathy insists that they wait in their car. They don't want to go into his truck for whatever reason. Yeah. and Jesse seems like a pretty solid dude, all things considered. He does seem like a solid dude, although he is a bad tow truck driver because yeah. uh, he turns off the tow truck and then he locks the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... I mean, I'm not here to tell Jesse how to do his job. Um, and he is played by Aaron Douglas, who okay. played Galen Tyrol in uh, Battlestar Galactica. I probably mispronounced the character's name. I apologize. I've never, I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of big fans on it, yeah. so I, I apologize if I did mispronounce his name. But uh, but he has also played some iconic roles as Detective Number 1 in 2004's Catwoman. Oh, no. And USR attorney number one in iRobot. Oh, no, again. And he also voices Jody Chin in the Watchdog video games because uh, a white dude voicing a POC will never go out of style. Yeah. But uh, he, he checks out their oh, car. Watchdogs, not sleeping dogs. Okay. No, watch, yeah, Watchdogs. Watch hack- open world crime game. Okay. <laughs> hack, hacker video game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From what I hear, the series, like, improves drastically. Oh, yeah, no, the first one is garbage. The second one is supposed to be really, really yeah, good. Yeah, and I have it. I just have not I have it, and I have the third one. I just haven't played them. Neither have I. I'm bad about that. <laughs> but uh, Jesse checks out their car and de- determines that they broke an axle and are leaking a lot of oil. Right. And it, when, you, when he pans down to look under, there's a lot of oil under it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross. So he says that he needs to stop the leak before they can get going, which right. I buy. I don't know if that's necessarily protocol, but I definitely understand it. So You don't want to be leaking oil everywhere. Right. So... So he, he climbs down under the, their car to, to work on it, and Kathy's getting impatient and wants to call Lizzie's dad. 
uh, because apparently Lizzie's the only one with a cell phone. Yeah, um, yeah. And they suddenly realize that the phone is in Lizzie's bag, which, of course, Jesse put in his tow truck. Yep. And Lizzie goes to retrieve her phone after a little bit of prodding from Kathy. She's really reluctant to get out. She's thoroughly freaked. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, Jesse's very bad at his job because he, he did lock them doors. Mm-hmm. So Liz, uh, Lizzie's outside asking him to unlock it for her. He's like, you know, give me a minute. And and at this point, she notices the trail of blood from the wolf leading off into the woods. And she, of course, horror movie goes and follows it. And it, sure enough, leads to the wolf. Yep. And then we finally get our very first kind of glimpse of the monster it's a real fast one yeah it's uh it's one of those where you see it over her shoulder but it doesn't move it looks just like part of the background and then suddenly it's it's gone gone in the next scene yeah um which i mean it's one of those things where it's like it's a definite horror movie trope that i don't care for it's like why doesn't the monster just attack her at this point i don't get it it's so weird considering the monster does seem very focused on killing these two people right that it doesn't just attack right then, like, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's very, like, okay, I'm going to obey horror movie rules at this point. Yeah. So I, I don't personally care for this, although I will say that the rest of the build-up for the monster, I uh, really enjoy. Like, you start getting little growls and little hints uh, that it's out there. Um, to me, it reminds me a little bit of the build-up from Sweetheart. Oh, You yeah. know, that very kind of gradual, like, there, yeah, like yeah. suddenly you realize, oh, this is a monster movie, and I dig that. Uh-huh. This, I, I don't care for this scene. It's unnecessary. Yeah. But uh, we get another flashback where uh, Kathy is passed out on her couch and Lizzie grabs a kitchen knife. God, this scene was just hard to watch. It's it's rough. Lizzie grabs a kitchen knife and holds it to her mother's sleep, her sleeping mother's throat and keeps repeating that she wants her to go away. Yeah. Back in the present, um, you know, Lizzie goes to goes back to her car, tells her mother that she found the wolf. Meanwhile, Jesse's under the car and he hears something. You know, mm-hmm. He hears the, the growling. into the car and now both girls are thoroughly freaked out and Kathy starts getting impatient so she starts calling out to Jesse to find out what the hell's going on she starts honking his horn because we love that Uh, yeah that's (laughs) something that's happening to me again (laughs) but uh we pan down Jesse's gone Jesse's gone the only thing under there is his flashlight so Kathy climbs out of the car because Lizzie refuses to at this point uh Kathy climbs out of the car to figure out what the hell happened to him Uh and while she's exploring around trying to find him uh, his arm makes an appearance. Yeah, his arm's found. Yeah, his arm... Slaps sp- against the window. <laughs> it's just, just right up on there. Yeah. And now the two girls know that shit's real. Yeah. Um, Kathy and, and Lizzie both cover, cower in the car. We have a very hard... Like, a very rough 
and real moment, like a raw. I think the word I want to use is raw. Yeah. Where uh, where Lizzie is like, Kathy's holding Lizzie and they're crying. Both of them are freaking out, and Lizzie's like, "I want my daddy." And and Kathy says, "Hey, hey, it's okay. I'm right here." And she goes, "I don't care." Yeah. I want my daddy. <laughs> Hey, I'm right here. I don't care. Ooh, it's, man, it's it's delivered very well, and it says so much. Right. This this poor little girl is dealing with some complex emotions. Uh-huh. Um, but don't worry, Jesse got away. Uh, well, sort of. Yeah. But he's been disarmed. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, Jesse got away. He's, uh... He's crawling out of the woods. He's yeah. You know, I was shocked that he was still alive. Yeah, he's just groaning and moaning, and they're watching him in horror. And I'm like, oh man, these two really should get out of the car and lend him a hand. Oh. <laughs> he he crawls over to his truck, kind of laboriously, and he tries to get in, but no, he he locked it. Remember, he's yeah. an idiot. <laughs> and then we get our silhouette of the monster. This is probably the first real good look we get of it. Yeah. I wouldn't say real good. It, it's just a silhouette, but you get the general shape and more importantly the teeth. Yeah. It's a and, shaped bear. And this this shot is the reason that I love this movie is because not only is the acting good, but the visuals are really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a very clear decision that I, I love that they decided to go with the dark rain, the heavy rain, and then this dark monster, and it's just kind of like glistening in the light. So you get a lot of contrast between the dark black of the monster and like the shining of the uh, water on it. And it's it's yeah, it like glistens like oil. Yep. And uh, something that I want to start getting more in the habit of doing, especially um, for our uh, uh, practical effects movies, which with another note in this this movie's favor. This monster is a practical effect. Uh-huh. This is a suit. And the monster is played by stunt actor Chris Webb. Okay, cool. So, um, Does I would... any other credits to his name? Or oh, yeah, he... quite a bit. Like, okay. he's a stunt actor, so he's he's in tons and tons and tons uh-huh. of movies. Um, nothing struck out to me particularly. I mean, there's, there's just a bunch. Cool. Um, but I did want to make sure that we gave right, that shout-out, yeah. so... Yeah, gotta give credit to those workhorses in the... Mm-hmm. In the... The names that aren't quite yeah. as well-known. Um, I and then what I was trying to say. It's okay. It's not. <laughs> it's okay, Chris. It's gonna be fine. Uh, I am, like, decomposing as I sit here. <laughs> I'm trying to make this quick. It's fine, man. Do whatever. Um, I'll be talking to a skeleton at the end of this. <laughs> and then, of course, Kathy and Liz are trying to warn him because they see the monster. He does not. They're like, hey, it's behind you. And we get more horn honking, Chris. Yeah. yeah. It keeps happening to me. Um, but it's not working. And it... The monster attacks him from under the truck, and it, it gets him. And then we have another flashback, and it's another real rough one because this is the hardest one to watch, I think. Yeah, this is the one where I think the trigger warning really applies yeah. because uh, we see, we find Lizzie hiding under uh, like a little homemade tent in the basement, you know, sheets and stuff. And you can hear Kathy and her boyfriend Roy fighting over alcohol upstairs. You know, somebody you know drank my beer, yeah. blah blah blah. And then they're looking for Roy's car keys because he wants to go and get get more. And it turns out Lizzie, Lizzie took, took the keys because she doesn't want either of them to drive drunk. Yep. And the uh, and the two figure it out almost simultaneously. They rush downstairs. Roy rips down her tent, threatens, you know, yells at her, grabs his keys and leaves. And Kathy slaps Lizzie. It's yeah. It's a it's a rough scene. 
Roy is played by Scott Speedman, who is in a movie called Rescuers, Stories of Courage, Two Couples. A movie with two colons in the title, so you know it's good. Which is the joke that I wanted to make until I read the synopsis of this movie and found out that it's about people who go around and try to save Holocaust survivors. Yeah, well. So, now I feel awful. Yeah, that's too many colons for one movie to have. <laughs> Unless one of them is a feral, that's too many colons. Back in the present, again. Uh, Kathy wants to retrieve the keys off of Roy's body, which is, like, still half under the truck. Yeah. Uh, but Lindsay doesn't want to go because... Monster. <laughs> um, and in her in her fright, Lizzie accidentally squeezes the sing-song bear too hard, and it starts a sing-songin'. Yep. And this causes the monster to attack through the window and pull Kathy out. Uh, it starts mauling the shit out of her. This thing... Like, that's one thing I do like about this movie, Monster, yeah. compared to others. It's like, this thing is attacking her like an animal would. Yeah, yeah, it's very bestial. But she, uh, she's saved by the ambulance finally arriving. And we get our first little hit that maybe this thing isn't so fond of the lights, perhaps? Yeah, it, it's scared away by the light, uh, because it, it splits. Um, the ambulance drivers pop out, they get Kathy into the back, they get Lizzie back there, and then they start looking around, and I'm not, like... They talk about needing animal control out there. Like, I think one of them is yeah. radioing for animal control because they, you know, there's a shaved and... bear on the loose. <laughs> the circus is in town and they're bastards. And, uh. <laughs> Their shaved bear ran away. And, uh. But they're looking around and the female paramedic is played by Christina Body, okay. who's a stunt woman and has done stunts for Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water. Oh, really? Yes. So. It all comes together. Yep. <laughs> That's one thing that I'm definitely going to be looking for going forward is, is any is links, links to other creature crunch cinematic universe. <laughs> um, the dude paramedic is also or like, he's not a stunt actor, but he was like I looked into him, didn't find anything interesting. Doesn't matter. Okay. He's he's because he's thrown against his windshield. Yeah, I mean both these people are two toys. Yeah, well, yeah. The uh, the <laughs> Christina Body's character is immediately killed in the front seat, um, and. The monster attacks Kathy in the back of the ambulance, but she beats it off with a flashlight. And she gets into the driver's seat and then peels away. They start driving away in the ambulance yeah, as fast I'm, as she can. I'm real glad that Kathy knows how to drive an ambulance, because I don't know <laughs> if I could just do that on no. the spot. And as she's driving away, she keeps calling it a devil. Oh, fuck you, you fucking devil! <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was... It's interesting. It's interesting. I thought that was a unique... It, it's a unique word for her to use. Especially for a character who has, up until this point, not really displayed any sort of, like, religious productivities or anything. Yeah. But as they're speeding away, the creature suddenly slams itself into the side just, of the vehicle. Yeah, just rams that And thing. It, it just rolls the ambulance into the woods. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild. Yep. And then uh, we get a parallel from the beginning of the movie as Liz... Liz is... Banged up, but okay. Kathy is unconscious, and Lizzie is trying to wake her mother up again. Yeah, if we go by the whole, like, Kathy has a concussion thing, like, she is probably really messed up at this point. Yeah. Um, she she wakes up and weakly calls for help on the CBT, um, but it's not really going well. No. And the creature tr comes back and tries to get into the ambulance, and Kathy blinds it with the flashlight. Mm -hmm. And we really get a good look at our creature at this point, its face especially. Um, yeah. 
for me, it really, like, the facial structure really reminds me of Godzilla from GMK. Oh, okay. Like, hardcore. I mean, it, it could just be the, the pupilless eyes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but I, I think, like, a lot of the facial structure just really reminds me of yeah, that. Like, yeah. I think it's the showing like, I just keep reminding my, like, it reminds me of a shaved bear. Like, that's... that's <laughs> it's about the, it's about the size of a bear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge creature. Like, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's a big boy. Very slick looking and ha- mm-hmm. mostly hairless, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely got a carapace. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would describe yeah, it as. Yeah, definitely. Um, but... That's the thing, is this some sort of fucking insect or... <laughs> Um, turtle. A, tur- a big turtle? Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a turtle without... Are you suggesting it has a shell or de-shelled? I don't know. Like, what would be worse? <laughs> I mean, de-shelled for sure, because yeah. that's not supposed to happen outside no. of cartoons. That's out of Mario, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Is this a Koopa that's just gone rogue? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really <laughs> sick, man. <laughs> if that's the case, um, I give Mario a lot more respect. Yeah, you know, like, how every once in a while on your news feed, on your phone or whatever, you'll get articles that's like, you won't believe this artist rendered 15 cartoon characters in real life, and it's a picture of Patrick Starr looking horrifying. <laughs> is this like... You're saying this is a Koopa. This is a Koopa. This is just a Koopa. Not this even, a, like, a higher-ranking Koopa. It's not one of the Koopa-lings. No, it's, it's just, just a Koopa, Koopa Troopa. just a Koopa Troopa. Yeah. After but, Mario knocks it out of its shell. Yeah, but why is it black, then, instead of yellow? Because uh, it's been tarred and feathered, because it's been ostracized. From... Well, it's been tarred, but they didn't get to the feathering. They had no feathers. They had no feathers. Mario stomped them all out. Yeah, really fucking sick, man. <laughs> all right, so our, um, so yeah. Anyway, Kathy, Kathy blinds our our tarred uh, Koopa Troopa, and uh, it, it runs off. Um, and she throws up a bunch of blood, and it's really gross. Yeah, and it's kind of implied that maybe she has like a pierced lung or something is kind of the feeling i got yeah internal bleeding or of some kind um and and kathy kind of decides that she she realizes that the monster is at least averse to light yeah uh so she decides to make a fire and intends to use this to save lizzie okay but not herself right because she knows that she is probably going to die regardless at this point. Yeah, she even tells she she tells Kathy that like hey, you're going to leave and I'm going to distract this thing and and it's implied that Kathy didn't quite realize that Liz was smarter than she she as smart yeah. as she is because Lizzie figures it out real quick and's like, "No, I'm not going to do this." And Kathy's like, "No, you are because I'm going to die whether I get out of here or not." Yeah. And um like the internal bleeding is probably what's supposed to be it. I I communicated it, like, I translated this as Kathy realized that her life was on a very self-destructive path, and she wasn't long for the world anyway. Okay. Yeah. But that's that's me, so I don't know which is actually yeah. supposed to be true, but that's that's the line Kathy gives, is, you know, I'm not going to be around much longer anyway. Um, but it changes nothing. Lizzie's not going to do this, so... Lizzie has officially forgiven her mother, I think, and it's probably just because of the onset of heavy trauma, stress, yeah. fear, and probably a concussion on Lizzie's part, too. Yeah, yeah. So, because this is this is where the movie starts to lose me, because Kathy... They, they give Kathy this weird redemption arc. Yeah, that she has not earned. Yeah. I feel. Like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I'm sure that I would like to think that an abusive or neglectful parent given a situation where their child is... Like, where they're all very stressed out, terrified, and their child's uh-huh. life is in danger... That, yeah, they would try to protect them, but 
that's coming from me, who's a father who is not a, a self-proclaimed not abusive or neglectful. Right. So I, well, it's, I like, don't know. Through this entire thing, like even in this situation, she's been pretty monstrous to Lizzie the entire time, mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden, it's like they flip a switch. It's like, okay, no, now you can redeem yourself. It's fine. And yeah, we're supposed to forgive you, and it's, I, I don't think so. You haven't earned that yet. No, and I, I, it doesn't land with me. No, so. it really doesn't. Um. But again, the acting I still think holds it up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kathy lights this like she she makes a Hollywood torch. Mm -hmm. She lights it up and goes out to call for the monster using herself as bait. Um, but of course, the monster doesn't show up because it's light. And so, as soon as she is reasonably sure that Lizzie's had enough time to get away, she douses the torch, and the monster is on her in seconds. Yeah. Like it is just it pounces on her, and it. Again, starts mauling her. But Lizzie comes to the rescue. She didn't run away. She comes in and starts beating at it. And, with a big old stick. Yeah, with a big stick. No, it was a claw hammer. Claw hammer. That's right. She found a she found a carpenter hammer in the in the ambulance. The yeah. The uh, you know the <laughs> trademark uh, EMT equipment. Well, it's what they use to like test your reflexes. <laughs> on your knees. Just, <laughs> they just pound at you with a claw hammer and see if you kick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Um. But she beats at it and scares it away with her flashlight, and we have the official, you know, Kathy dies in Lizzie's arms. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that I don't think Kathy's earned her redemption, yeah. this is still another hard scene to watch. It, yeah, it is. Well, it's a it's a child watching her mother pass away mm -hmm. after being mauled by a horrifying beast of some kind. Yep. And again, I can't stress enough that this poor girl is just being assaulted with complex emotions. Yeah, for sure. Um... But the creature is still there, so she has to retreat back to the ambulance, and she comes up with an idea to use her mother's lighter, that Chekhov's lighter, yeah. and some aerosol spray to make a Hollywood flamethrower. Yeah. Um, what sort of spray is that supposed to be? Like... A uh, healing salve. Yeah, that, it's just like first aid spray for <laughs> Resident Evil? First, first aid spray. Highly flammable first aid spray. spray. Yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> When you're playing multiplayer in Resident Evil and you like spray it and both of you walk into the aerosol area to heal, if one of you had a torch, would it just explode? You'd be dead you? instantly. Okay. Dead instantly. <laughs> this is, it's not, see, that's not a Resident Evil thing. That is a real life thing, Chris. Okay. <laughs> All paramedics are equipped with this. Bro, you can tell me whatever you want right now and I'll believe it. <laughs> My brain is a pumpkin. Um, but she ends up slipping herself into like the side of the locker thing on the side of the ambulance and... She activates her sing-song bear and tosses it in to distract the monster. And Yeah, so that thing finally gets a proper death. <laughs> yeah, because the monster sure shows up and it hates the bear as much as we do. Yeah. Um, but Lizzie pops out of the locker and she lights that sucker up. Sure she does, yeah. Which, you know what that means, Chris. Unfortunately, I do. It's because I have future knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we've already recorded We've it. already recorded this. What you're doing is not a surprise to me and it wasn't a surprise to me the first time, so it's doubly not a surprise. <laughs> But she lights the monster on fire, and it dies. And it dies. Psych. But, no, but really, it dies. Yeah, yeah. It, it does... gives one last little, like, ha-ha kick. Yeah. Uh -huh. All of the outlines of this movie uh, credit Lizzie with killing it, with beating it with the flashlight after it did that yeah, last little, like, death is... throw. <laughs> it's like, no. No. No, it, it jumped and scared her, and then died, and she continued to hit it because she was scared. Yeah. But, whatever. Um, and then we get our final flashback where we have an actual kind of tender and, uh, lucid right. moment with Kathy 
trying to make up to Lizzie and telling her, like, I'm sorry, and Kathy promises that Lizzie will turn out better than she ever was. Yeah. And this flashback is the is not the redemption, mm-hmm. but the connection that I think the movie desperately needed. It, it needed this before this moment. Right. Like, this shouldn't have been the closing moment of the movie. Uh-huh. Because, like... I know how that is, like, and I'm sure anybody who has any kind of addiction or self-destructive right. behavior, or, or not even self-destructive, but behavior that is destructive to those around them, have had this moment before where they are, like, very remorseful. And, yeah. like, and honestly, um, probably you're, you're seeing the true side of them that they don't show very often. That, exactly. That very remorseful before, you know, they eventually, of course, go back into the... They slide back. They slide back. Um, you know, I... It's a, it's a, it's another very real moment. Yeah. Um, and in the morning, Lizzie wanders out of the woods, explaining that yeah, monsters be real. Yeah. She just killed one. And if there are any more out there, she's probably not going to make it through the night. <laughs> well, it's it's morning now, so. Well, yeah. So she's got to get twenty four hours to get out of the forest. Twelve hours, great. Whatever. How, how long is the day? <laughs> when sun go down? When All big right. burning orbit sky not light up land anymore? <laughs> Poor Chris. Sick. Okay, so um, we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> put me out of my misery. We're gonna <laughs> take Chris out back and behind the the bar. Bye, guys. <laughs> this is how I'm announcing I'm retiring from the show. <laughs> retiring on top. Yeah. On top of after episode 14 with being sick and me putting you out of even though we've recorded other episodes after this, so that's gonna be confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, next episode, we won't acknowledge your retirement. Or yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I want, uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump on over to the crunch now, uh, and we will see you guys in a little bit. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Is it a monster? What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Is it a monster? What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Is it a monster? Welcome back, uh, and we are gonna we're gonna hammer this guy out before Chris melts into a puddle of goo. Yeah, before I fucking die over here. <laughs> so, what do you got for me, Matt? Show me your show me your worst. All right, so um, we've got what I call the Dark Growler. Cool name. <laughs> yes, because my naming conventions are either portmanteaus or very <laughs> descriptions of what the monster looks and or sounds like. I just describe things as coming from other planets. <laughs> Now, um, I made our Dark Growler here a large fiend. Okay. Specifically a devil. Okay. Predicated off of nothing else other than the fact that that one little line where Kathy calls it a devil. Okay. But I also just thought that was an interesting creature choice. I, I originally was going to go with beast, but... It acts very bestial, but like I get to see it being a devil. Well, I know we talked about it more in our first recording than this episode, but uh-huh. this monster... Like, really does seem to have a vendetta against these two it, girls. Yeah, it really does. Like, I, I don't know how much of a thinking, like, creature I would say this is, but... But it, it goes after it, them. It holds a grudge, <laughs> if nothing else. Um, but I gave him uh, an armor class of 15. Okay. Uh, he's got natural armor. Um, and... God, what challenge rating did I give this thing? Jesus. Uh, three. You yeah, I, three. I gave him a challenge rating of three. I don't know what my logic here was because it's been like six weeks. Yeah. But he only has six D eight plus six hit points, so an average of thirty three, which seems 
ridiculously low to me. I might have to revisit that before I upload this sucker. I don't know, man. But anyway, he's got an average of 33 hit points and a speed of 30 feet. Okay. Um, he's mostly strong. Uh, he's got 18 in strength. Uh, but I also gave him a 12 in dexterity and wisdom. He's got wise, gentle eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his re- the rest of his stats are middling to bad. Yeah, uh, he's got dark vision out to sixty feet, passive perception of thirteen, uh, plus six to stealth because this guy is kind of stealthy. Like he sneaks around Je- the car when Jesse un- is underneath it without anybody seeing him. Right. So, um, and then I gave him, of course, uh, the the usual devil resistances yeah. of cold, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non magical attacks that aren't silvered. Uh, you will, of course, notice that uh, most devils are resistant to fire, uh, yeah. but our uh, our dark growler here is not. Well, no, he can set up pretty darn good. And it does kill him. Yeah. So he's got a damage vulnerability to fire. Okay. Which makes him pretty unique amongst most devils. Yeah, he's he gets bullied a lot by the other devils, <laughs> I imagine, for that. <laughs> That's okay. He's only got an intelligence of four, so I don't I don't imagine he's going to take it to heart. He's a dumbass devil. Um, so then we get into our abilities, and I uh, gave him... The darkened carapace trait, which is what you created yeah. for our uh, Xenodrone in yeah. back in episode one, back in our very first episode, the bad one, the, the bad, bad episode. episode. Don't listen to that episode; it sucks. Yep. Um, but the dark growler has advantage on stealth checks made in low light and darkness. Pretty, yeah. pretty simple, pretty standard. Yeah. Um, I also gave him the keen senses of mm-hmm. uh, sound. He has advantage on perception checks that rely on sound because we see him hunt by sound. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, I gave him the standard light sensitivity. So he gets disadvantage on perception checks that rely on sight while he is within bright light. Yeah, and disadvantage on attack rolls. Yep. And uh, that's it. Those are his traits. Yep. And then his attacks, his actions. Uh, I gave him a multi-attack. Uh, mm-hmm. Two. He gets two bite attacks. Bite attack is pretty simple. Plus six to hit. Average of 13 damage piercing. 2d8 plus four. Whatever. Um, but then uh, the only other one that I kind of, like... The thing that makes him more unique to me is his pounce ability. Okay. If he moves at least 10 feet, he can then leap 10 feet and attack a target. The target must make a DC 14 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. And if the target is medium or smaller, the growler can then make a bite attack. Okay. So, yeah. Like, that's it. I mean, I kind of wanted to leave it to that because if it's a bigger creature, then it'll still knock it prone because he Uh does that to the ambulance. Yeah, but he just knock a fucking ambulance. Over, he knocks like, an ambulance right over. Yeah, tough guy. But uh, but yeah, and and that's that's it. Like that's our dark growler. He's he's pretty simple, and I but I hope effective. Yeah, no, he, I like he doesn't do anything super special, but he I it's one of those monsters that fulfills a weird like D and D niche where you need like low level stuff that is still kind of cool to fight and has its own flair. Yeah. It's not just, here's a big rat, or here's a dog that's angry, or something. <laughs> right. And I, I think that this guy could be easily, easily reskinned. Oh, yeah. To anything you need. Including a shaved bear. And including, but not limited to, a shaved, a shaved bear. That <laughs> this thing looks like a shaved bear. Yeah. Or, if you really, really want to bring in a horrific, realistic, tarred shellless Koopa. Yeah. You got one. Right here. Here you yeah, go. Yeah. Put this thing against Mario and see how he fares. Yeah, fuck you, Mario. You're... <laughs> You're not going to stomp on this, Koopa. Twice. <laughs> so that was Creature Crunch, everybody. Good night. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we need to fucking do 
the outro shit, man. <laughs> we got outro stuff to do. All right. We All gotta right. Tell the people where they can find us. Yeah. Well, first of all, Chris. Um, yeah. What uh. What are we watching next week that we've actually already watched and recorded? Well, yeah, I am told that we are watching uh, Little Shop of Horrors because it was my pick. And at the time, I wanted to be like, hey, there's not a whole lot of plant monsters in movies. And also, this movie fucking, fucking rocks. So let's watch this movie about a giant plant monster. So we did. So we did. It was a good episode. It's it was good coming episode. out in two okay. weeks. Sorry. I can't wait for that episode to come out. It's going to be so much better than this one. Because I wasn't sick. You weren't sick. Oh, man. So thank you all for listening. I yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you for bearing with our uh, our technical <laughs> difficulties and health. Trust me, it's affecting you a lot less than it's affecting me. <laughs> health difficulties. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, I'm going to try to keep this short and quick. Yeah. Short and quick. Short and quick. Uh, um, but feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, at Creature Crunch. Uh, if you have any suggestions or requests, hit us up. Um Please subscribe to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Creature Crunch. We've got a $1 and a $5 level, and at the $5 level, you get super secret bonus episodes, including my new show, Comics Crunch, where we do this same thing to weird comic shit. And I'm not sick. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun one. Um, if you don't want to hit us up on Twitter and if you don't want to give us money, but still want to like talk to us for some reason, you can do so at creature crunch podcast at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you can also find, uh, these stat blocks, not only in my, uh, in our Google drive folder that I've linked in the description, mm -hmm. but you can also find them on D and D beyond under my old handle, the underscore best underscore disguise. I Why know. do I remember that when my brain is fucking leaking out my ears and my nose, and you don't, and it's your goddamn account? Because I'm an idiot, Chris. God. So, if you want to yell at Chris about him being sick, or just check to make sure that he didn't die in the next few days, where can we find you, Chris? You can find me on Twitter at the library C. That's C-E-E. -E. <laughs> you can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I am at... Danny underscore hamsteak. You remembered it that time. <laughs> did you notice the pause that I, I did? <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Uh... <laughs>